Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We have a super sweet guest episode today. I'm really thrilled to bring you um, this voice and this manifesto perspective because I think it's going to just really speak to a number of you who who perhaps have felt kind of not represented in your business trajectory or your career experience. We have the beautiful Kelly Collins. She is a spiritual coach. She's here to chat to us all about her manifesto journey. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, that's so good. (laughs) So let's start off the way we always start off. Can you share with us what your design is and how did you stumble into the human design vortex? How did, how did that happen for you? <laughs> how did I find my way here? Yeah. Well, I'm a six two manifester with an emotional authority and I discovered human design probably about four or five years ago, listening to a podcast And immediately I was like, I must know more. So from there, I kind of just dove in, did a ton of my own research and, and, you know, found my body graph and pulled up my chart and then had no idea what any of it meant. But I went on YouTube and like looked up all the different things and started to figure it out. And yeah, that's how I got started. And I was instantly hooked and sharing it with all of my friends and family and clients and all of that. (laughs) When you first discovered you were a manifester, what was that experience like? Because I feel like people, it's really polarizing. People either have this moment of, oh my gosh, I am seen. Like, I feel like now I understand why I've always been so weird, why I've always been so different. This is really empowering. Or people have the opposite where they're like, whoa, those things are really big. Whoa, they're really crazy. I don't know if I can be that person. Yeah, I was really excited and totally along the lines of, I finally feel understood and it makes sense why I am the way I am, you know? So I Mm. thought it was really empowering. And I think that's part of the reason I was like, this is so cool. I must like know more, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Did you know any other manifestors in your life or were you kind of the first person in your own awareness? I mean, to this day, I I think I only know of one other manifestor Mm. in my life who was a client at one point. Um, but yeah, I don't know many of them. I, I, and if I do, I don't know that that's their human design. Yeah. Right. It's not, it's not uncommon. I, I think that for me, that was one of the really curious things about my journey is that when I discovered I was a manifester, I then very quickly discovered I was surrounded by 
a whole lot of manifestors. And I was like, statistically, this doesn't actually make sense. Like we're only 9%. Like how are you all around me all of the time? So I'm really fascinated to, to hear from other manifestors, like, you know, what their reality is like, like what's your actual real life like in terms of the people that you've got around you? Because so many of you just do not have other manifestors. It must feel so like, um, you know, I'm just like a manifestor out in the wild. Like just so totally <laughs> on my own in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm surrounded by manifesting generators. Like my whole, I have one brother and then my parents, they're all manifesting generators. We're all emotional authority, which makes so much sense. Whoa. Um, but mostly manifesting generators and generators in my life. And hmm. I don't, I don't know what it is about that, that I was meant to be surrounded by, but here we are. And I've, I've known more, I know more projectors. I, I know quite a few projectors, but again, you know, I've only known of one other manifester in my life who was a client for a period of time, you know? So mm-hmm. that was very exciting when that- I <laughs> pulled up his chart and I was like, I'm like you, you're like me. <laughs> we get each other. (laughs) I see you and you see me. Oh my God. We're twins. Yay. Yes. (laughs) I love that so much. So exciting. Can you tell us about your work? Let's, let's kind of start and go backwards if that's okay for you. Cause I'd really like to kind of backtrack through your journey. Cause I think it's a really fascinating one, but what is it that you currently do in your work now? So currently I'm, I'm kind of all over the board, which I think is kind of normal for us. Very normal. Cur- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Always going with those urges, but, um, currently I, as you mentioned, I'm a spiritual coach. So I do one-on-one and group coaching programs with individuals, teaching them basically mindfulness and spiritual tools for getting connected with themselves, kind of, um, unblocking any limiting beliefs that have been holding them back and then helping them get really clear and taking inspired action towards the goals that they really want. It's kind of like moving past the functioning off of how I should be functioning or off of our conditioning and functioning off of our unique energy, our unique selves, our authentic selves, you know? So that's my main work currently, but I also am a yoga teacher. So I run yoga teacher trainings I teach a few classes every week, mostly online now. Um, and I run retreats and events around San Diego. So I kind of just dabble in all those different things. And I love it because it helps me to just not get bored and to be creative and to go with my urges um, when they come up. You know, I can take a break from something and then feel inspired again to go back to it. Mm, I love that perspective. I love that because I feel like so often in business as manifestors, we get too kind of cut and dry. We get too black and white. It's like, oh, once that urge is done and I'm no longer interested in that topic or that area, I don't have it at all, right? I burn Mm -hmm. the whole thing down and then I kind of have to start all over again. Um, And sometimes that's valid, right? (laughs) Sometimes that's really good. Like, burn this stuff down. I've definitely done that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like sometimes that's really cathartic to do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out. I'm I'm out. It's over. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but other times, I mean, it's, it actually is so much more beneficial to you to keep something in your business and just move away from it being your primary focus, like let it move to the side and, and bring something new in. So I love that you 
are this this beautiful representation of like there can be multiple things going on right and I can mm-hmm. I can move through all of them and that often will just hold off the boredom for quite a while yeah 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 I know I've heard you especially talk so much about that and um how it is so cut and dry so often and like I said I've definitely had we'll get into my past a little bit definitely been like I'm done like that's the urge there is completely gone but I do find that a lot of these things that I'm really, really passionate about, it is nice to have them put, put them to the side. Like I put yoga teacher trainings to the side for a couple of years and then I came back to them and I love it. And it's like, now I get to approach it with a new type of energy and with new inspiration. And, um, and it's really fun to kind of like see myself grow and evolve and then get to bring those aspects to what I love to teach people and do so. Mm, so good. That's so good. Um, <laughs> I've been talking to a lot of people lately about revisiting previous creative urges. And of mm. course, like everything that is universal messaging, right? Like whatever the universe or God or source or whoever, you know, you label it as whatever that energy wants to bring into your space will just continuously come up. <laughs> so I'm like yeah. listening to you like, okay, revisiting creative urges is like where it's at at the moment. Mm -hmm. I get it. I'm seeing it. Your story is such a gorgeous representation of that, that you can put something down for a couple of years and then come back. Like it can, it can still be yours. You can still use it. You can still approach it with like a freshness. Yeah. Yeah. And then it can be even better. Right. When we're working on ourselves and being, becoming like the more I use the word authentic, I feel like it's so cliche, but the more like we express our uniqueness and learn who we uniquely are. Like, I think we can come back and yeah, be even brighter and better in the area if, Mm. if we're called to it. I so agree. So agree. Can you take us down memory lane a little bit? What's been your evolution in business? Because you haven't always been a spiritual coach, right? You've, Mm -hmm. You've worn quite a few different hats and operated in, you know, a number of different niches maybe can you take us back to the beginning of where it all started and and just (laughs) inform us please of how you got from from there to here yeah I mean honestly when I learned my human design and even now it makes the most sense um just like looking back on my journey and how I've just steadily transitioned from one thing to the next and I feel like it's been pretty smooth it's never as fast as I want it to be but um but I feel like it, it is because I get the manifestor urges to like move on to different things and transition. So, um, I began my career, I guess you could say in fitness when I was 18 years old, I was in college getting my bachelor's and I started teaching group fitness classes, became a personal trainer. I'd always really been, you know, passionate about movement and exercise and did all sorts of sports growing up and all of that. So so yeah, I started, started then. And then after college, I worked at this like fancy gym in San Diego and that lasted for like two years, but I was honestly very miserable there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, we, we talked about this a little bit before, but a lot of that generator energy, obviously I had no idea what that even meant back then. 
but I hated people telling me what to do. I hated <laughs> it so much. They would set these sales goals for us and it was all like manpower there. And it just didn't work out well for me. <laughs> so <laughs> after two years, I was like, you know, if I take this many clients with me, which was way less than the amount of clients I was actually serving at that time. I was like, I'll make even more money than I'm currently making because they're <laughs> taking all of the money that I'm charging people. So then I started my own business and loved it because I was, I had, you know, flexibility. No one was telling me what to do. I was actually telling everybody what to do because I was a personal trainer <laughs> and, and yeah, so that lasted for a while. I think, um, in total, I, how old was I? I think I'd been personal training for eight years and, and also teaching group fitness classes. And I taught a variety of group fitness classes, um, which I loved because again, it gave me that variety that I really needed. Um, but I do really see looking back where I really got over it, but I just kept doing it because I mm. didn't really know what else to do with myself. Um, so then I decided to do a yoga teacher training to kind of add to what I could bring to clients. Um, and I was also just not really in a good mental space myself. I had, you know, I had disordered eating habits. I had a really like mean girl inside of my head is kind of the way I like to put it. Um, so I, I took that push. I did a teacher training in Bali and got, kind of got to get away from the day-to-day -day for a few weeks. And for me, that was just completely transformational. And that's kind of what I came back and I was like, I must teach everybody this because I feel so much better. And it's just from a couple of weeks. And I think that like urge really was lit up within me. Um, so then from there, it was just a slow transition of getting into yoga, beginning to do uh, teacher trainings. Eventually I started a international yoga adventure retreat business at one point. <laughs> loved it. Did that for a couple of years. That was one of those things that when I was done, I was like, no more. I still do. <laughs> I still do international retreats and stuff, but I was like, this is not the way we're, I want to do it. This, <laughs> that was it. fun, but that's over now. Thank you everyone for coming. Yeah. yeah. It was very intense. Yeah. So, <laughs> so just like dabbling in all these different things, just following my urges, you know, and, um, and yeah, so so then from there, that's how I got into spiritual coaching. Eventually I, I was like, I want to make some sort of a program that teaches people all of these tools that I've learned that have really helped me in my life and, you know, working with people in the fitness industry and seeing them work so hard to make these changes in their body, just to revert back mm. to where they were before I was, I was like, there's a disconnect you know, and now I know it goes so much deeper than losing weight or gaining weight or anything like that. It really goes into, you know, our, our subconscious beliefs about ourselves in the world, maybe trauma that we've dealt with in the past and that sort of a thing. So it was just really this inspiration for me to start to teach people these tools that really helped me. And, and I saw helping my clients that I was currently working with. So I think that answers your question. I know it's kind of long. I'm out of breath. <laughs> you take a breath. You have a little breather. That was perfect. <laughs> Looking back now, can you see 
how sort of all of those dots connect together. I mean, me listening to that story, I can certainly see how the trajectory moved itself along. But can mm-hmm. can you see that for yourself? Can you see whether all of these sort of seemingly different things actually really tie together? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I just, am, I think it's so cool. And I think we all in a way have stories like that. I think mm-hmm. mine's very clear, at least to me. And, and you said to you, it's pretty clear. Um, but I think we all have these, these paths that we get to take and we do get to like grow and evolve. But I think as a manifester looking back before I even knew what it was, that's when it, when I found out, I was like, this all makes so much sense. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I never want to stick with one specific thing. I get too bored. Um, I get over things. Um, so so yeah, it does make a lot of sense to me for sure. <laughs> did you did you feel like that at the time? Did you feel like as you were kind of moving into these new spaces, even going from like fitness into yoga training and then yoga training into like spiritual coaching, did it feel to you like there was a natural connection or did it feel like, whoa, I'm just going in this completely different direction because my urge is just taking me out into this whole new space? <laughs> I think it, it did feel like a natural connection. Uh, like I said, and I don't know if this is a manifestor thing, but it was always hard for me to be patient as I made those transitions, uh, feeling like, like, I just want to be done, you know, cause I still had to do fitness for quite a while because my main income was coming from, uh, my personal training clients in that business. So when I transitioned to yoga, there was times where I tried to like pull away more and then like, Nope, got to go back a little bit more and, and that sort of a thing. So that was really frustrating for me when I was like ready to totally wash my hands of it. And I couldn't quite do that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I've gotten there, so that's exciting. <laughs> that's such an important point though. Like I think taking the manifest energy and taking this kind of weird, unpredictable cycle that, that we journey through across our whole lives and placing it into something like a business, right? Which is very masculine and quite structural, usually very regulated, very procedural, right? That's where business thrives mm-hmm. is in that aspect when you can be consistent and you can show up and you can niche and you can provide services over and over again. Um, and I think a lot of manifestors get really confused with like the mesh of those two things because there is the sense of when I'm done with something I just want to leave it I just want to drop it and then go and do something completely different but it's either I have to like we said before burn everything to the ground and start from zero again which Mm -hmm. is challenging and I don't think it's a particularly healthy way of doing business when I look back at my own story I'm like (laughs) that was not so great (laughs) to do that so many times um (laughs) But the alternative is that, yeah, it it can be frustrating. It can be really tiring. It can feel like you're tethered to this old thing and, and you can't just cut the tether. You've actually got to unravel the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say exhausting is like a, a mm. good word for it because it's like, you know, we have our energy comes from being inspired. And so when we're doing something that's not inspiring us, it's just like, okay, you know, but I have found that when I get to the point where I'm like, I can't take this anymore, (laughs) (laughs) um, things seem to shift and, and open up for me so that I'm able to, to make those changes. And I know like talking about 
whatever it is that's out there, whether it's the universe or God or energy or whatever, I, I do feel very like supported in that mm-hmm. way, even though it's definitely not easy sometimes. And sometimes you do have to take a financial hit because you're like, I'm just so done with something I need to move forward. But, but I think if we can like have that patience and push, push through it as much as we can a little bit, it can give us more stability. That's mm. for sure. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And in my experience, the, the bigger you get and the more established you are in business, whether that's financial, whether that's, you know, client load, whether it's audience followers, whatever metric you use to determine how you're growing in business, um, the harder that becomes, I find the longer that detangling experience takes because you've got you have a whole audience of people following you on a particular journey and you need to like inform them and you need to kind of do transitions and you need to move over. Like financially, if your business is really thriving in one place, you're right. You either take a a very big financial hit because the more money you've got coming in, the bigger the hit is when you cut that off. Um, Or you kind of do this like the tapering thing. I'll bring some money in from the old thing and some money in from the new thing and sort of like move myself along. But (laughs) um, it's just not, I think it's one of those things that's not ideal. It's, it's Mm -hmm. just, you know, like we were saying before we hit record that um, sometimes we just have to be adults in a grown up adult world, (laughs) right? Like suck it up. Things are not going to be Perfect. And, and we just need to navigate through that. I think with the most wisdom that we can paying attention to what feels correct for me in this moment. Totally. It, it is such a balance of honoring your yourself and your energy and your soul's desires, but also making sure that, I mean, I guess we'll talk about the shockers a little bit, but making sure you can maintain a sense of like physical material well being. Mm-hmm. you know, and and yeah, if you're taking a massive hit, that can hurt, you know, right. and there's yeah. ways to like, obviously save your money, invest your money, do all of that so that you can have more of that freedom, but not everyone has the option, especially when you're starting out, you know, mm-hmm. exactly so. right. Can I pick your brain for a moment? I don't, we didn't actually plan to speak about this, but I'm really curious about it now. Can I pick your brain a little bit about the whole concept of uh, fitness and exercise and the manifester? energy type, because I get asked about that a lot, a lot. (laughs) Like manifestors are Mm -hmm. like, what's the most ideal way for me to exercise? And I like try to go to the gym and I try to do like personal trainer programs. And they're really trying to keep up with that generator aspect. And, and ultimately it, it ends in tears, you know, like nobody's, nobody's happy. Um, but we are still physical beings and we need to really Mm -hmm. keep you know, be responsible for keeping our bodies healthy and keeping them. I think it's hugely important in the manifesto journey to like have a healthy body. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like you have so much more wisdom on that than I do. So I, I'd love any of your thoughts that you'd like to share about manifestos really? and fitness. Yeah. You know, I think I would say the biggest thing with manifestor and fitness is having a variety of things that you can turn to. Cause I think a lot of times we were like, okay, I'm going to do this fitness program. And I mean, doing those sorts of things for me was never that successful. Cause I couldn't stick with it mm-hmm. and get bored. <laughs> yeah. You know, the inspiration would be there to start it. And then it like, you know, then I'm over it in like a week. So yeah. <laughs> I would say having, having a few different 
practice fitness practices that you can, you can pull through based on how you're feeling. Are you in a rest cycle? Then maybe you need some like yoga, you know, if you're feeling a creative urge and you're feeling really energized, maybe that's when you go to hit classes or you go on runs, um, or you go to the gym and lift some weights. You know, I, I obviously I teach yoga, so I'm really, I do a lot of yoga, but I do also like to go to a circuit training class, like once or twice a week. Do I always make it once or twice a week? No. Cause sometimes I'm really tired mm. <laughs> and I need to just do yoga and go for like walks, you know? Um, but I think it's good to have a variety and, and for everyone really, because you should be mixing up the type of exercise that you do. That's what's actually best for your body to keep you from getting hurt and overtraining. Um, and it's great to have types of exercise that help you to stretch your body like yoga or even Pilates. And then those that help you to strengthen your body and those that get you a little bit of a cardio boost to like help your heart, you know? So, so I would just say having that for a, a couple of different things that you can turn to, um, that you enjoy that actually like when you're doing it for the most part, you enjoy it. Maybe you're halfway through and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so hard. I'm over it. <laughs> but you, at the end of the day, you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other important thing. And then just doing whatever you feel that day, that's going to support your body, you know, using your intuition and, and honoring where you're at. Does that answer your question? For sure. That's so good. Yes. How do you feel like that differs for say, like our generators looking at exercise and fitness? I would say generators are the people that can like choose a plan and kind of stick with it. And I know looking back at clients while I, while I didn't really know about human design in my fitness days, I can think of people and pinpoint like what they were for sure. Mm -hmm. And those are the people that can really stick with it. And I think have the energy, of course, again, for them, it's like making sure they're enjoying it, but then they have the energy to do the harder workouts. And I see them more as the people that can, I like the long distance runners, you know, the people that can really commit to things and and do them, you know, (laughs) and those more high intensity workouts, because they have all that energy. Us over here, we're like, maybe I have energy, but not usually. (laughs) And like, I did one high intensity workout in three months. Go me. I did it. (laughs) That was so exciting. I was sore for two weeks. So it was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes. So very true. Yeah. I I think that we really beat ourselves up and this shows up in so many places, but I, I see it showing up certainly for me in, you know, that exercise and fitness space of really just being very self-critical of like, why can't you stick at this? Why can't you do this? Like, why can't you just put a pan, a plan in place? Like I'll, you know, lift weights twice a week and I'll, you know, run twice a week and I'll do stretching once, you know, it, it just never works out. It just, it just never at all works out. And, and, um, I think that it puts us into this kind of extreme pattern where we then say, well, I'm either all in and I'm trying to be the generator or the manifesting generator. I'm trying to do all the stuff and be intense and do the cardio and do the weights and have an exercise regime in place, or I do nothing. I do nothing at all. Mm -hmm. And I don't move my body at all. And neither is healthy. I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I'm currently working on is just trying to be so much more fluid in that middle space, right? Like allowing time in the day 
for exercise, but not actually making a decision about that until I get there and say, what is it? What is it today? Because I think that's really where it's at. Hey, it's like, if you don't make time for it, it won't happen. You Mm -hmm. won't do it because you'll get to the end of the day and you're a manifester and you'll be tired and you'll be like, I'm out. I'm I'm Netflix. I'm gonna sit down, kick up my feet. Yeah, <laughs> like it's over um, for today. I'll try tomorrow. You know. Yeah, I think that's like the perfect way to go about it. Is like have your time set aside and then decide what you're gonna do. Hmm. You know, I'm also I do like taking group classes. Like for yoga, I don't need to do this because I just it. No matter where how I'm feeling, it feels really good in my body. And I think the big thing for yoga that people can remember too, is there's so many different types of yoga that you can do. There's like slow, gentle yoga, there's power yoga, there's Hatha yoga. I mean, there's just so many different types. So mm. for me, that one's easier. Um, but for like the fitness, the hit class that I go to the circuit training class, um, I'll be like, okay, my goal is to go twice this week. And then like the night before I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go tomorrow morning and then I'll sign up the night before you know, or I'll sign up literally 30 minutes before and go. Yeah. But it's not setting it in the schedule and being like, now I have to go this week or else. Cause yeah, then there's the guilt. And Mm. when we feel guilty about not exercising, that's not healthy either. When we stress out about not exercising, that's not healthy either. That's even worse. Yeah. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Autonomy. Give yourself autonomy. You actually get to make the decisions, you know, about what you need. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. One of the areas that you specialize in is the chakras. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm always fascinated by um, the fusion of different systems because, you know, I don't only speak in human design. I love human design. I mean, it's like an important fixture of my business and my work right now. Um, But I think every system has a profound validity to our experience. And when we start looking at the synchronicities across systems and the language that gets shared, for me, it kind of brings me back to this place of like, oh, we're all just having the same journey. Like (laughs) it's all just consciousness. That's all we're doing here. And we're just like using different words to understand it and play around with it. Um, And even human design itself. I mean, for those people who are listening that are not aware, human design is not an original system. It's actually a hybrid of multiple different systems. Um, you know, we've got um, astrology, Kabbalah, eating. We have the chakra system is one of the most significant contributors to human design um, because human design originally did have the, the seven chakras and then split two off. And that's how we have our nine energy centers. So I'm really curious. I'm really fascinated by um, your insight into the chakras and and how that plays into the whole system and kind of what scope of expansive thinking it can bring us. For those of who are listening that are not aware of chakras, can you give us like give us a rundown? Give us like a mini masterclass of please, if you would like to. Yes, <laughs> tell I love us. It. Tell us about the chakras. I could talk about this all day. Um, <laughs> current, okay. current passion, current creative urge, all for it. Yes, <laughs> coming out. Um, the way I like to explain it is, so kind of like you mentioned, we have seven main chakras, but there's actually like thousands of different chakras throughout the body. There's like ones on our hands and our feet, but the ones that you hear referred to often are the seven main chakras that run along the spine 
Um, and again, very similar. If you look at your human design chart, it would look similar, but a little bit different. So they start at the base of the spine. They go up along the spine or what's known as the Shashumna Nadi, which is our main energy channel, um, all the way up to the crown. So right above the crown of the head. Um, so each, each chakra relates to specific physical, mental, and emotional, and energetic aspects of the human experience. Uh, so really all together, they create this comprehensive picture of the human experience and what our human experience can be like based on if one or multiple chakras are out of balance or if they're all in balance. And honestly, none of them are ever completely in balance. I always like to say, you know, you could go <laughs> sit on top of a mountain and like balance all your chakras and then go back out into like the real world and someone might cut you off in traffic and then there goes your root chakra. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can try to balance your chakras all day, but that's not, I mean, the point is to find balance within them. But I think similarly to human design, the most empowering thing is just understanding where you're at mm -hmm. and working with yourself and your energy based on where you're currently at, you know, and, and our chakras can get out of balance kind of from the start. So they start developing from the time we're in our mother's womb, starting with the root chakra, um, up through basically adolescence. And then the crown chakra kind of develops throughout adulthood. Um, and I'll explain what exactly they are in a moment, but if, as they're developing, we have some sort of trauma and trauma is relative, something that's traumatic to me might not be traumatic to you. And some of us experience really big traumas and some of us have less of those big traumas in our early life. So if something happens during that time, we might start out with an, you know, out of balance sacral chakra, for example, um, or our heart chakra might be a little bit out of balance. Um, but then they can also get out of balance as we are going through adulthood, just living our lives. If something again, traumatic, big or small happens to us, it can throw us out of balance, you know, but I find that the ones that kind of started out in balance are the ones that really, really impact us and are the, what I think of as the kind of karma or the lessons that maybe we're meant to work through in, in our lives. And obviously if something traumatic happens to you, I'm not saying that that was meant to happen to you and you needed to have that happen. But for me at least, and for many of my clients, I can really see the correlation between what has caused me to be out of balance and what I've really had to work through in this life. And mm -hmm. I choose to see that as, as karma that I chose to come here and work through because hopefully it is. And it does make me feel better about having to work through these things, <laughs> you know? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially for line sixes too. I mean, you're a six, two, I'm a four, six, like there is a significant part of the six line journey that for our first 30 years legitimately is kind of like self-selected trauma. It's like, <laughs> We have to, we came in knowing that we were going to hit all the big trauma markers, like it's going to be red lights all over the place. And then we get to spend the rest of our lives reflecting on that and pulling the lessons and sharing the wisdom. So yeah, I, I, trauma is just like a, such a fascinating area to, to unpack. But um, for anybody listening that might be a line six, if you're really resonating with that, like <laughs> there's a reason for it. Yeah. 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 I remember when I first learned that part about my chart, I was like, 
It makes so much sense. I get it. <laughs> Me too. That's why I was like, oh, that's why my entire first 30 odd years was completely traumatic. And then I got past my satin return and it all stopped. Like, oh, here we go. I'm smooth sailing for the rest yeah. of my life. Now I just get to reflect. I have been through the ringer. I am ready. <laughs> ready yes. to sit back. Yes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then when you can see that and appreciate it and realize, yes, it has made me a better person. And now I have things that I can really, really share and help other people with. It's, it's all worth it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But your energy holds it, right? I mean, that's where like, we've Mm -hmm. got to do, we've got to do that spiritual work. We've got to do that kind of like self-reflective work to learn what it was all about and what it taught us. But I think the area that most often gets overlooked is how our bodies are energetically processing that and that's equally if not more important in the whole journey absolutely yeah yeah definitely um okay maybe I'll go through each one briefly and talk about what it governs and I'll talk about the physical parts that it governs too because this is where I really see the differences in human design some are very similar and some are different so maybe you can put in your two cents about each one too um So the first one, like I mentioned, is the root chakra or in Sanskrit, it's Muladhara. And it's really, like I said, it's the first one to develop. So it's the foundation of our chakra system. And thus it's the foundation of our human experience. And it governs our feelings of being safe and secure and supported in this material existence. So that means if we're in balance here, we feel like we have a good, healthy connection with our body. We have a good, healthy relationship with money and finances. We feel like we have enough like support as far as shelter and food and water and all of those material things go. So when a chakra is out of balance, it can be slow or deficient in energy, but it can also be excessive. So it kind of shows like both sides of, of the imbalance. So if it's deficient, we might feel a lot of fear. I always say the pandemic was like a global root chakra imbalance. And I, I think <laughs> yeah, for honestly, sure. we're still going through a lot of that. There's mm-hmm. so much going on in the world. Um, so a lot of fear, uh, you might feel disconnected from your body in the form of feeling really sluggish, um, maybe overeating, Obesity can be a sign of a root chakra deficient imbalance. Um, we might feel like we have trouble making enough or keeping money. Hmm. Um, and, and we can have physical, physical issues too. You know, the root chakra is re- related to our sciatic nerve and to our adrenal glands. So if you think of the adrenal glands, think of that burnout, that adrenal fatigue. Um, that's really, I think significant that you would see that kind of like slow burnout energy in someone who has a deficient root chakra. Now on the other end of the spectrum, if you're excessive in energy, then you might feel flightiness really ungrounded. It's like a deficient root chakra is too grounded. Like you're too heavy and an excessive root chakra is not grounded enough. Mm. And you might have over attachment to material things, Uh, You might kind of hoard money versus like having trouble making it or keeping it. You're like excessively wanting to like hold on to it. 
Um, or you might find that you spend money too much, even like you, you have a shopping addiction, like that sort of a thing can come with it. Um, and then the disconnection from the body can really come in forms of, um, not eating enough, not nourishing your body enough. And, you know, a lot of eating disorders, it really ties into the root chakra. Mm. Um, so it's very interesting. So it's just basically on either side of the coin, you don't feel connected to your body. You don't have a healthy relationship with money and material things. And there's a bit of a scarcity complex there. Um, oh, and anxiety. That's a big one. Anxiety is a big one for an excessive root chakra. So we got fear for the deficient and anxiety for excessive. Um, so yeah, that's the root chakra. Any comments on that one? <laughs> I mean, I, I love the comparison of the root chakra to the, the root center in human design because it's, um, I feel like adding the two together just creates a whole picture of it, right? Mm -hmm. That like in human design, we look at the root center as being, yes, it's still connected to that adrenal gland and the functioning of adrenal energy. It just looks at it from the scope of timing that that gives us an intuitive sense of timing. But timing is directly related to things like when you take action, like when you need to ground, when you need to be more expansive, like, um, yeah, how you hold material wealth, how you, how you take action to get these things. Um, and I think one of the things that's not spoken about in human design is the safety aspect, which is really, mm. it's significant, you know, like I, I have an undefined root center. So for me, mm -hmm. um, I actually do a lot of work in getting, my chakra is in total, but my root chakra often is like way out floating amongst the clouds. Like the channeler that I have that works on this for me, she's always like, can your root chakra was like floating on out there in the atmosphere again? Like oh the gosh. energy was like, great. We had to bring it back down. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I just, it's like, I don't have an anchoring. I don't have a natural anchoring point. So mm -hmm. um, I think like just, just being self-accepting with that stuff, like human design can potentially just give you an extra language to say, do I naturally have defined energy here? Or is it something that I, I need to do more management of? Yeah. Yeah. I have an open root center as well. Um, and you know, I can think of things I went through in my childhood that caused me to have an unbalanced root center, um, or root chakra. Um, but yeah, this is one of those ones that I've all, I always have to work on it. Yeah. I always have to make sure I'm like, really honoring my boundaries and like keeping myself healthy and focusing on my health. Because if I don't, I start feeling all over the place, that excessive root chakra. Um, and kind of just going back to what you said about timing, another aspect to this, when we're out of balance, we may notice that we have trouble committing to things. And I think it has a lot to do with the timing thing, mm -hmm. but it really goes back to fear typically, you know, not committing to things or not timing things in a certain way, because maybe we have fear of it's that scarcity, like mm. it won't stay or there's not going to be enough or I'm not enough and so on and so forth. So yeah, they, they really go together beautifully. Mm. Yeah. So good. And what's our next root chakra and our next chakra, not our next root chakra. What's our <laughs> next chakra? <laughs> The next one is the sacral. Uh, it's so it's located in the lower belly region or, you know, where you think of our reproductive organs are, um, our womb as a woman. Um, and this is our center of connection to our emotions. It's our center of 
connection to what lights us up, what brings us joy and pleasure. Uh, the element for this one is water. The element for the root is earth. Um, so if you think about it, when we're in balance here, we're able to, you know, take our emotions in, process them, and then let them go. And we're able to go with the flow of life. You know, we're not holding on too tightly or we're not like too flowy out there. We're kind of just like going with this even flow of life. It's also our center of uh, sexuality and sensuality. And I love to think of it this way. It's like when we're going with the flow of life, we're living life sensually. It's like a juicy, fun experience. It's mm. a pleasurable experience. Um, this does relate physically to our reproductive organs. And it's important to note with these that physical physical issues can cause energetic imbalances, but energetic imbalances can also cause physical issues. So you know, whenever you have something going on, it's important to look at the energy of, of, especially like the chakra system, like how, how is my energy here? How am I in these areas? Am I letting myself feel my emotions? You know, am I not, am I numbing? Um, so yeah, quickly when we're out of balance here, if it's deficient, we numb our emotions. We don't let ourselves feel our emotions. We kind of just block them out with, I mean, there's so many things in the modern world that you can numb yourself with these days. So so we numb our emotions. We might feel blocked from our creativity. We might feel guilty. This is a, a common woman thing. We might feel guilty about letting ourselves feel pleasure, doing things for ourselves, taking care of ourselves. Um, and we might feel blocked sexually, right? So excessively, we might have uh, more like I said, more of that, like too fluid, like not grounded enough type of energy. We can have sexual addiction. Mm -hmm. We can be like too much in the creative energy again. So it's like not grounded. So we're like, I have this idea and that idea and this idea, but I'm not actually able to manifest any of my ideas. Um, and, and yeah, we might just need a little bit more structure in our lives you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so that's that one. <laughs> I think, I think all you ever need to do to really experience, um, like the energy of a balanced sacral is spend time with manifesting generators. Um, and you'll notice pretty quickly, like an out of alignment manifesting generator, those qualities are hectic, right? <laughs> like it's, it's really profound and an aligned manifesting generator who really has done a lot of work on that sacral energy. I mean, they are divine. They are sensual and creative and um, feminine and they're just, they're extraordinary beings to be around. So I think it can often be hard for us as non-sacral beings to really resonate with that sacral energy. And sometimes it's helpful for me to look at it in other people. Um, I mean, curiously too, like a lot of MGs who are out of alignment really struggle with inflammatory um, reproductive disorders, you know, like mm. endometriosis, adenomyosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, those kind of things. So there's always correlation to the body. Totally. Yeah. That's amazing. And yeah, we, again, we live in this very masculine world. So we do have to, we do tend to have to work on being in the feminine energy and yeah, for manifestors who don't naturally have that sacral energy in there. I think for me, it was a journey to mm. feel balanced in this way. And I, I do now, 
but I certainly did not before I did all of the work that I did. So, (laughs) you know, and it's a course, it's no, it's always a, always, there's always work to be done. You know, it's always a journey. Okay. So then we have the third one, which is the solar plexus. It's located within the upper belly region. So I like to say it's, you know, between the ribs and the navel. Um, and the element of this one is fire. And this is our center of personal power. It's our center of feeling worthy of what we really want in our lives, of being confident in going after our goals and our dreams. It's where we take inspired action. It is where, when in balance, we're able to harness the courage and the will to take that inspired action towards what we want. Um, so when we're deficient here, oh, and it relates to our digestive system. Mm. So when we're out of balance here, if it's deficient, I see, I think this is the biggest one I see with this one for sure. And this was something I had to work through a lot. We don't have enough of that inner fire and we might not feel confident. We might not feel worthy of what we want. We might have like self-worth issues to work through. Um, And then we might often find ourselves procrastinating or thinking that we're lazy, but it's not that you're lazy. It's, it's not that you're just a procrastinator. What that typically means is that we don't actually subconsciously feel worthy of what we want. So we're making up excuses why not to do things, you know? Um, And then on the other end of the spectrum, which you see a lot in our world too, it's being like over dominating, over competitive, that like you know, excessive fire energy, um, that we see kind of the, think of it as like the wounded masculine energy kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's capitalism in a nutshell, right? It's like, yeah. Look at it go. Yeah. (laughs) That's where we've been. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the solar plexus. So when we're in balance, it's, you know, we have a healthy sense of personal power and we, take courage, even though, or we, we use our courage, even though doing these things and taking these action steps can be scary. Um, but then we put our willpower into place and we just go for it, you know, Mm. in a healthy way, (laughs) (laughs) hopefully in a healthy way. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, somebody listening, you might know this better and I might be getting it wrong, but from what I understand where the slits off in energy centers are in human design, it's that this solar plexus was split into the emotional solar plexus and the splenic center. Um, And then further up, we have the heart chakra, which is split into the ego or the heart center and the G center. So this is one of those ones that like curiously in human design is looked at through two different lenses. But I think yeah. when you when you pull them together, that's exactly the experience, right? It is it is the solar plexus, yeah. yeah, which is hugely important for emotional authorities. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, I don't, I I can't confirm that off the top of my head, but I I think that is. That is correct. I think it's something <laughs> like that. I think, guys, don't don't criticize me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's no, actually. I was like looking over them the other day and I think that was the one of them where I was like, oh yeah, that's there and that's there. So, so it's interesting. Um, but yeah, we get to take both of these tools and kind of combine them and use them to live our best lives. It's it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the next one is the heart chakra. So located at the center of the heart, which that's where the G center is. 
effectively. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the body graph, that's where the G center sits. Like I, like I said, I, I think that that's where in human design, we've divided it between the ego center, which is why the ego center is also called the heart center um, and Mm -hmm. the G center, but you put two of them together and it's the heart chakra. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Um, Yeah. So the element for this one is air and this is our center of you know, love, it's unconditional love, not, not like fleeting lusty love. It's like deep unconditional love. Like you have for a child or a parent or a a beloved pet, but like, hopefully something we can all have for every living being. Right. But yes, it's our center of unconditional love, acceptance, compassion, and forgiveness and relationship with ourselves and others. And I always say this, I know it's very cliche, but it does start with the self. If you don't accept yourself, if you hold resentment against yourself, if you don't really love yourself, it's going to be really, really hard to genuinely give as much as you can to other people, right? You're Mm. it's the, your cup has to be full before you give to others. And this is a hard one for a lot of people, you know, accepting ourselves for who we are in our entirety. And I think that's the beauty of human design. It can help us to have more of that acceptance. Like, okay, I'm not crazy. This is a thing. (laughs) And (laughs) there's other people like me, but I'm also unique. And that's amazing too, you know? Um, so when we're out of balance here, there's really two distinct things that I see. There's a lot that goes along with either side, but when we are deficient in energy, um, we might feel like we are really lonely. It's like you can be in a room full of people and um, you still don't feel like you can genuinely connect with people as much as you want to, Mm. or you might still feel really alone, even though you're surrounded by friends and family. Um, And that's typically because we've built up, you know, walls around our hearts. It's we all go through different experiences in life. And sometimes we build up a wall because we don't want to go through pain again, you know? Um, and it can also mean that we need to find more acceptance within ourselves to really let people in um, or really love ourselves and realize that we are lovable for other people as well as ourselves. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, if our heart's too open, if there's like too much energy coming in, um, it can mean that we have really poor boundaries. And this is one I see with people a lot, you know, um, we're taking on other people's energy and not honoring our own energy and taking care of ourselves and really loving ourselves. So we end up, you know, feeling burnt out from doing things that we don't want to do. Um, so those are like the two big ones. And of course the self-acceptance and the self-love and all of that can really go with either one. Um, I think a lot of times we people please, and we don't have boundaries because we, learned as children that we needed to be that way so that we'd be loved and accepted. Like that's a huge one. Um, so, so yeah, you can kind of listen to these and and think about where you stand. And I think the awareness is one of the most powerful parts, like, Oh, that's why I do that. Okay. Now what can I do to stop doing that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Awareness is always the gateway. It's always the gateway to everything. And yet it's kind of the one thing that we overlook. (laughs) We're like, what do I do? Well, first you need to see. And then, then you can do from that. Yeah, exactly. Awareness is the first step. (laughs) Always take that somebody. Always, always, always the first step. (laughs) Um, So Um, after the heart center is the throat center, the throat chakra, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the throat chakra is 
Um, when we get into the upper three chakras, um, there's not really an element associated with them. It's just ether or space. Um, and it's important to know the heart chakra is the bridge. It's the gateway between the ethereal upper three chakras and the material lower three chakras. So the throat chakra is our center of communication. And it's where when in balance, we speak our authentic truth with confidence, clarity, and compassion. Hmm. So when it's out of balance, if it's deficient, we basically, uh, you know, have trouble speaking up for ourselves. We may not feel like people care about what we have to say. We might have trouble speaking up for other people, uh, that sort of a thing. Uh, you know, fear of public speaking and all of that can really tie into that one. On the other end of the spectrum, if we're excessive in energy, we might talk over people. We might have trouble listening. We might find that we gossip a lot and we're like, why do I do that? Um, that goes along with the excessive throat chakra. Um, and I guess I forgot to mention this, but the heart chakra is related to, you know, our heart and our lungs and the, our cardiovascular center. And then the throat chakra is related to you know, our throat, our mouth, everything inside of our mouth, that sort of a thing. So that's mm -hmm. the throat one. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Well, I mean, I obviously, so <laughs> yeah, the, the throat is so significant for manifestors. I think whatever system you look at it in, like we show up with real prominence in that energy. Um, yeah. And for me, that's always just, it's a direct cross, like the throat center or the throat chakra, like change the word, but it's exactly the same thing. And uh this week, I mean, at the time of recording, we're recording in May and um, I just did a post this week on Instagram about the repressive and reactive throat wounds, which was so fascinating to so many people. And mm. it's it basically describes exactly that um, kind of deficient or excessive like throat chakra energy, which is really cool, I think. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's where we inform, right? We like use that voice to inform and I know that when I worked on this, that's when things, I mean, I had to work on a few things, but I feel like this was when I, when I started getting comfortable actually using my authentic voice, um, that's when doors really started opening up and mm. what I really wanted started happening. And I always say, it's like, no matter who you are, if you want to manifest something, if you're too ashamed to say what you want out in the world you have a lot, you have to work on the self-worth thing because it, it's really tied in together. Like if you, if you can't speak it out into the world, you're not ready for it yet. Mm -hmm. So start practicing speaking and showing the universe, like I'm ready for what I want to come in. Cause I'm going to tell anyone who will listen that I want it. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. is so good. Even just that one sentence is like, <laughs> sums it all up if you can't say it out loud you're not ready for it you've got to yeah. do some work on that that's so powerful yeah so sing in your car and start setting your boundaries with your voice and those are two really powerful ways to to do it um okay so let me get to the the third eye chakra which is you know third eye center between the brows and it's our center of connection to our intuition our inner navigation system, that deep inner knowing that we all have, but it's also our center of inner vision. And it, it relates to our pineal gland. So our pineal gland produces melatonin. So it's really related to our sleep. And if you think of dreams and like the things that in the meanings that come up in your dreams, um, it's really, really powerful, right? So 
when we're out of balance here, if we are deficient in energy, we may just feel a disconnect from our intuition. Like we don't trust ourselves, you know, um, we, we might have trouble making decisions big or small, that sort of a thing. Um, when we are excessive in energy here for both the, the top two, it's kind of like when, when you think of the people who are really, really, really spiritual and like kind of out there and floaty, um, like those kind of people, like you might be <laughs> just kind of in your, in your mind, in your inner visions, but not actually here in this plane sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, you can also be overly kind of just attached to your visions and right. It's like you, if you're deficient, you can't see what you want. You might not be able to visualize it at all at all. And then if you're excessive, it's like you see the vision and you're just attached to it and like nothing else can, you don't want anything else to happen. There's no uh, room or space for, for the universal intelligence to flow in and, and move you along your way. So that's that one. Again, it's related to our pineal gland and and yeah, anything you want to add on that one? <laughs> well, I mean, that's in human design, that's connected to the Ajna center, right? And human design. It is Ajna also in Sanskrit. Oh, is it? No yeah. way. I always <laughs> wondered where the word Ajna came from. <laughs> that is awesome. I love these synchronicities. Um, I think human design represents the Ajna quite quite masculine, masculinely, is that a word? With a lot of masculine energy, like it approaches it really structurally and strategically, like it's the processing center and, um, you know, responsible for kind of being aligned with systems and strategies or not being aligned with those things. But it also talks about beliefs, perspectives, stories, um, ideas, opinions, mm-hmm. self-narratives. And I think that's where the looking at it from the third eye energy is so helpful because it says, this is an intuitive process. Like this is not just an equation of A plus B equals C. Like this is still intuitive energy that is flowing through you. So yeah, if you have a defined Ajna, especially like be be as expansive as you can be as kind of, I guess, um, connected to the feminine energy of that intuition in your Ajna mm-hmm. of like, why do I have these perspectives and what can I receive here and how can I be expansive with this, right? How can I use this ability to vision bigger and also to be grounded in that vision? So I think, I just think that's one of those ones that um, the chakra is so useful because it's a, a key area that human design doesn't speak about, but it's really necessary. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. The yeah, how you say it. Cause it's, you can think of those people who, I mean, I have a defined Ajna, but again, I think I used to be more overly attached to like, mm. this is a logical process. I need to figure out what I logically need to do. Now I'm like intuition, tell me, guide me, you know, <laughs> but it's taken a lot of work to get there. Yeah. Um, and it is a balance of the two, mm. right? That's the point of it being in balance. So it's like, yes, you're, you're being grounded and you're not just like following every fleeting kind of idea that pops into your head, but it's also being really connected and knowing a lot of times when our intuition speaks to us, it's not going to necessarily make sense. And I think as a manifester, having to lean into that trust is huge. It's like, why do I need to do this now and give that away? You know, <laughs> right. Why do I need to stop doing that? <laughs> 
going to yeah. trust my intuition, you know? Yeah. I'm a splenic manifester. That describes my entire life. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah, any totally. reason for any of it. It's always weird. It's always like illogical. So um, I think that's a huge <laughs> part of the manifester journey. Like go, go with the rhythm of the energy. It's mm-hmm. taking you spaces that you can't imagine until you actually arrive there. And the third eye is integral in that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So cool. Um, okay. We'll talk about the last one, the crown chakra. Um, and this one is related to our pituitary gland, which is the master gland of the body. It really controls like all, all of our other glands and our hormones and all of that. So this is our center of, it is our center of thought actually, which is interesting that you said it that way. They're both related to thought. Mm. Um, but it's like divine thought. You know, it's our connection to the divine, whatever that means to you, to that divine wisdom that we, you know, the universal intelligence that we all have around us at all times. Um, But it's also our connection to all other living beings in the entire universe. You know, it's that when we're in balance here, like maybe you took a yoga class or you went on a nature walk and you just feel that connection and you feel that sense of like peace and trust and support and oneness that is a balanced, uh, crown chakra. So, so yeah, when we are deficient here, we might just feel like we don't have support. We don't, we feel like we're just walking this human existence by ourselves kind of like, what's the point, maybe apathetic. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, kind of like we talked about with the third eye, um, we're overly attached to spiritual ideas. I think, um, not knocking on religion, but extreme religions, right. Are a very good example of an excessive crown chakra being excessively attached to religious ideals and that sort of a thing. So Again, we want to come into balance. We want to be open to the divine wisdom. And for me, I really believe, and this is what I teach that when we have this soul urge and this soul calling and really thinking of it as a manifestor, we get these soul urges that maybe we can't explain that is div- divine wisdom coming mm-hmm. through. And it is meant for you to take action on it and to do something with it, you know, and maybe you don't in that moment, but then you can come back to it when you're ready. But hopefully by working on ourselves, we're ready to like, listen to that and go for it. Even when it's scary. Like we, we trust that we have that net underneath us that will catch Mm. us. And the way we filter it is so unique, right? I think, um, you know, we feel like as manifestors, we're so independent and like, we're not responding to anything. We're just doing whatever we want to do because we feel like doing it in the moment. But in reality, we're actually just, we're responding to divine energy. That's all. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is responding to us or responding to each other. We are just responding to the divine because we're kind of energetically closed off to everything else. And Mm -hmm. I feel like certainly in my journey, when I recognize that and, and understanding the crown chakra was helpful in that, um, I think it just allowed me to like take the pressure off myself with my creative urges. I was like, oh, I don't need to doubt them or question them or wonder whether I'm the person to do them or if I have capacity to do them. It's like if I've got this sort of like central line <laughs> to divine energy and it's saying, hey, you take this because you're the one who can make it happen. And, and it becomes about service then. You know, it doesn't become, it's not self anymore. It's service. And 
I just think, I think that's a beautiful way of looking at the manifesto experience. I think that's really healing for us to kind of take the narcissism out of it. It's like, yeah, we're independent and yeah, we do things differently and yeah, we initiate and make our own rules, but it's like, it's not all about you. It's, it's yes, not. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, and yeah, of course it is the- so healing to realize that. And then you can take the fear out of it. You know, like what if people judge me? Well, you're meant to do this. So just know that people need it. And that, that matters more than people judging you, you know? I agree. Right. Um, and of course the crown chakra relates to the head center in human design. Um, I mean, in human design, we talk about that being a pressure center, which is interesting for the fact that only 29% of people have it defined. 71 of the 71% of the population, sorry, has it undefined. So I find the vast majority of people really are, they're either in that deficiency or in the excess or the of the energy. There's like this kind of chase for the big answer, right? I love that you touched on religion. I think that's such a helpful example because it is this like, I have to find the answer to everything. Otherwise nothing will make sense. And there's a panic, there's a desperation to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And on the other end of that, you know, there's really this conditioning that says like, it's kind of hopeless. Like I can't ever find the answers to anything. And so I'll just stop. I won't follow any idea. I won't follow any urges. You know, I just kind of exist in nothingness because it's almost all meaningless. Um, And the head, like when we look at this mathematically, like only uh, 29% of the population, 29%, sorry, of the population has their head defined and only 9% of the population are manifestors. We don't get many manifestors with defined heads. It's pretty rare kind of subtype um and so almost every single manifesto is in some sort of imbalance in mm. the crown it's just yeah. it's like like a guarantee like <laughs> you got to work like, on that are guy. you defined or undefined i am undefined but my my conscious son is 63 and that exists in the head so i've had to do a lot of work on that energy because it always shows up for me mm, yeah Yeah. Mine's undefined. I think, I mean, same, like doing a lot of energy or not (laughs) doing a lot of work has helped me to find balance in that energy. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it too. And I know they're on opposite ends of the spectrum, but the crown and the root are so, even though the crown is like spiritual and the root is like earth, if you think about it as a collective, right, we used to be so connected to the earth and that actually connected us to a healthy spiritual uh, connection, right? Mm-hmm. And and now we're lacking that. Most people, we mostly live in cities and some people don't have any nature around them at all. So it's just fascinating to look at it in that way and kind of how we've gone as a society and why there is in the manifestor realm, but maybe you can tell me in other energy types, but I think in general, from people I talk to and work with, there's a lot of that. I I see more of the deficiency in the apathy, you know, because again, the world's a crazy place. Yeah. I think it's across the board. It's across the board. And just our, our energy type helps us identify the nuance of maybe how we're experiencing that a little bit differently to other people. Mm -hmm. But but we're all in the thick of it. You know, like you said, yeah. it's, it's a crazy world. We're collectively, we're energetically journeying through a lot. Um, 
And to me, kind of whatever, whatever language helps you understand this and helps you access it and helps you process it in the best way for you, pursue that, right? Or, or pursue many, bring them all together and, mm-hmm. and look at a hybrid. And certainly the connection between human sign and the chakra system is a great one. It's a really great one because it's, it yeah. kind of provides this like whole picture, I feel. Yeah, I do too. I think it's really powerful. I've, yeah, I mean, I've loved in my own life and I do this with my clients. It's like combining all of it to take what you love out of it and what resonates with you. And then moving forward to do your healing and, and live your best life, you know? So good. So good. This has been so helpful. I'm already kind of like revisiting in myself. I'm like, where is, where's that chakra at? How am I going with that one? <laughs> so so good. You know, I have like a, a PDF I can send you, um, that has all of this in detail. And if you want to share it, you can, I can send you a link to it. For sure. Yeah. We'll put that link in the show notes. Absolutely. Okay. That would awesome. be so amazing. So everyone can access it. I feel like that would be beautiful. Yeah. And it has tools for all of them that you can like a few tools for each one that you can play around with and see if it helps you to come back and do a little bit more balance and see how you feel. Amazing. There you go, everybody. A little impromptu gift for you all. Yay. For me to you. Yay. <laughs> This has been so helpful. This has just been so clarifying and and I think expansive at the same time. Thank you so much for bringing us your wisdom. Where can people get in your space? Where can they find you? What kind of work can they do with you? Um, so they can find me primarily on Instagram at Kelly Collins Wellness, one word. And then my website is kellycollinswellness.com. Um, my podcast is called the soul spark podcast or soul spark with Kelly Collins. If you type that into the search, um, and yeah, I, right now, the main way people can work with me is if they want to do one-on-one coaching, uh, I am going to do another group coaching program this September. So haven't launched registration for that, but that'll be coming up later this summer. I also, like I mentioned, do retreats. So for those who are in the U S or if you want to fly into the U S I'm having one in Sedona, uh, at the end of September as well. So those are the main ways that they can, they can connect with me right now. Um, you know, listening to the podcast or checking out Instagram. Those are ways to do it too. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We'll of course link everything in the show notes as always. So it's super easy to get access to you, but thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy and thank you for your wisdom. It's been just lovely. It's been really lovely for me. And I'm really excited to, to get this out and share it with people. Cause I feel like this will be so helpful for the manifesto community. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Holly. Thanks for having me. And I do want to mention, I forgot to mention this. You were on my podcast, so they need it to was, listen yeah. to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a really fun episode. That was really good. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, they should tune into that because you were amazing and and that was really fun. And thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and connect. So yeah. easy. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I hope that my words, my sharing and the spiritual wisdom that came through today's episode have a magnificently transforming impact on your life. 
If you love this episode, I would be so humbly and truly grateful if you would share it on your social media. You can tag me on Instagram or Facebook at the Holly Marie. And also please consider taking a moment to leave a review right here on iTunes so that this information, this podcast and this spiritual transformation can be spread to even more people. Again, I cannot wait to see you for the next episode of Hunting for Purpose.